Hi, welcome to Life Camera Author. I'm Jim Juno, and this is a podcast where we talk with writers and authors who write books about television, uh, history, uh, movies, and entertainment. And really, this is the number one book podcast in the world, so we have a wide range of authors. And I have with me now the author whose book is currently number one in Kindle on Amazon.com. The author's name is J. Randy Terraborelli. I hope I've gotten that right, uh, Randy. Um, yes. And great. And the book is Jackie Public Private Secret. It's about Jackie Kennedy. And we're coming up this November on the 60th anniversary of the, the assassination of John F. Kennedy. Um, should I call you Randy or do you go by something else? No, Randy's fine. Great. Thank you. Now, this book was 30 years in the making, wasn't it? Yeah, in many ways, it, you could say that because I, um, uh, you know, I've written about the Kennedys in four previous books. And Jackie was always a character in each of those books, uh, Jim, but she was never the main character. She was always in a cast of characters. And so with this book, where this book is really sort of cradle the grave, Jackie, I was able to go back over all of that research of the last 25, 30 years and mine stories from my interviews with people who now, many of whom are gone, and kind of bring to life their memories of Jackie in a new way, um, in a way that sort of encompasses her entire experience from, you know, from childhood, you know, to, to her death and, um, and do it in a way that I think is really compelling because I really wanted people to get to know her as a, as a woman and not just as an icon. You know, it's funny when JFK was assassinated, Jackie said that um, she said of JFK, now he's a legend when he would, really just as soon have been a man. And that's so much true of Jackie as well. She became a legend when really all she really wanted to do, to do was be considered, you know, a woman, not an icon. And so this book, the point of this book is sort of to demystify her and humanize her. And I think that, well, I hope that I was successful in that regard. At one point in the book, Jackie is talking to, I believe Jackie is talking to John F. Kennedy, and they're talking about the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. And, or with, no, I'm sorry, John F. Kennedy was, was there was a, a, a speaker talk in the White House talking about the assassination of Abraham Lincoln. And John F. Kennedy asked the speaker, would Lincoln be remembered as such a great president if he didn't uh, die? It wasn't assassinated. And I and I thought that was telling to a point because um, after Kennedy's assassination, Jackie took it upon herself. Uh, she even You even quote her one point saying that I never got the chance to hate him for his indiscretions. And that he she felt, what was it? That she felt that he didn't die for a noble cause. Well, you know, and... In the heat of the the aftermath of his assassination, when Jack when Jackie and her family was 
they were at the hospital um, and the autopsy was being conducted on JFK, uh, Bobby Kennedy went to Jackie and whispered in her ear, you know, that, um, you know, the, 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 the assassin was, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald and Jackie told her mother, and this is according to her mom's recollection in the John F. Kennedy Library archives, Janet Auckland Kloss's oral history. Um, Jackie told her mother, you know, he it was just some silly communist who killed Jack. He didn't even die for, you know, some a, a cause that would would be more noble than that, you know. She just felt like it was such a such a travesty, you know, that this nobody would take away her husband, you know. And and of course, you know, that she was talking out of her grief. I mean, he had only been gone for hours at this point. And she was out of her mind with grief, as you as you read in the book, you know. But um, but that's true, you know, she she did say that. You know, you start the book, the book begins right away with the assassination. One sentence caught my eye in that, and one of the first sentences that Jackie said that Kennedy had a, a beautiful look on his face uh, yeah. right before he was shot, or was it right after he was shot? Yeah. Well, you know, I was able to draw from the Warren Commission um, and also from, you know, like Jackie t spoke a lot about the assassination in the first couple of years after the assassination, you know, to uh, Teddy White, the the the, the uh, reporter, uh, and to the Warren Commission. Then after that, she never spoke of it again. But some of the things that she said right after the assassination really are so profound. And she did say, you know, he had such a beautiful expression on his face, JFK, and. Um, you know, I, 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 as I wrote in the book, despite all of his infidelities and all of his flaws, you know, Jackie just loved him. You know, I mean, people ask me all the time, why does she stay? Why does she stay with him? And, and I think that the answer is clear. You know, Jamie Auchincloss, her half-brother, who was a witness to all of this firsthand witness to all this history, he says she loved him, you know, and, and that's just, that was just the end of it. And all the way to the very end of his life, um, they, they had something, you know, Jackie also said at one point, nobody knows what goes on in a marriage, but the two people in it. And I, I think there's nothing more profound than that statement. You know, one thing I didn't realize, except, except from reading your book is that chief, after the assassination, she really was, um, I don't want to say the word destitute, but Bobby Kennedy paid her, what, $50,000 a year uh, to help her to help her make ends meet. Yes. Well, you know, I think it surprises people because, you know, Jackie has always had this image of wealth and privilege. And it's interesting, and as I wanted to point out in this book, she always had the image, but she never had the money to back it up. You know, Janet, her mom, married a very wealthy man. 
Hugh Auchincloss, who's a great man, who I brought to life, I think, for the first time in this book. I mean, people really didn't know much about him until this book. And he's a fantastic character in history. And she loved him very much. Jackie did. And he loved her as well. And he raised her from the age of 13 um, and gave her away at both her weddings. But his money was not going to her or to Lee. He had he had his own ch natural children from his previous marriage. Um, and they were getting his wealth. And Jackie and Lee were very conscious of the of this throughout their entire lives. And one of the reasons why Janet wanted Jackie to marry JFK was to secure her financially. And had he not been assassinated, that might have happened. But once he was gone, the Kennedys became very chintzy with the money, <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> and they were giving they were giving her an, an allowance that just was not going to do. And as as I wrote in the book, after there was also hope that when Janet's father, James T. Lee, died, that that might be the windfall that would secure Jackie and Lee's fortune forever. And then when he died, that did not happen. And it also it didn't happen when Jackie's father died. So in other words, what I'm trying to say is that she didn't have she had the image of wealth and posterity, but she didn't have the money to back it up, which is one of the main reasons why she married Aristotle Onassis. Mm -hmm. And it, and her relationship with Onassis mirrors, in many ways, her mom, Janet's relationship with Hugh Auchincloss, because Janet was also in dire straits, and she needed to do something to, to support her daughters. That's why she married Hugh Auchincloss. Not to say that they didn't love each other, but just to say that that wasn't prime, the primary reason for Janet's marriage to Hugh Auchincloss. And it also wasn't the primary reason for Jackie's marriage to Aristotle Onassis. These women of a certain time and place made these decisions uh, based on uh, reasons of practicality, not necessarily reasons of you know love and romance. They were prenup Aristotle Ornassus and Jackie. Uh, that was whether, you know, they, yeah, uh, um, they they had a they had a, a a marriage contract that did not. It was you know it was a, a Greek contract that would not stand up in court, and Jackie had to fight Onassis's daughter in order to get what. Would, was really a small amount of money considering the massive Onassis estate. However, it was enough money to secure Jackie for the rest of her life. You know, it was, you know, I think in the area of $20 million, which back in the 1970s was a lot of money. But it as I wrote, the, yeah. yeah, exactly. But you can imagine what it was like in 1975. Um, but as I wrote in the book, you know, if, uh, American law had been applied to Jackie's divorce, she would have ended up with well, half, know, half right? dollars yeah. at least, you know. See, that's amazing. And um and Onassis I'm I'm sorry, I Onassis to me came off as a scumbag in the book. Um 
He did he pay somebody to take nude photos of her? No, that's he that's, the, that's the uh, uh, publicized. That's the publicized version. Yeah, what you know, Onassis is a very complicated person, and I tried to bring his complexity to life in this book. You know, um, and I think that you know, I, I hope that the reader's heart goes out to Aristotle Onassis. You know, toward the end of his life. You know, when he visited Hammersmith and he was very sick with the, the nerve disease that that had inflicted him. And, um, and he, you know, Janet, who had no love for Onassis, Jackie's mom, gave him a rosary uh, to try to convince him to continue to pray because Onassis had given up on God. And he was just a broken man at the end, you know. He comes into our story you know, full of bravado and full of wealth and kind of a jerk, yeah. you know? And I think that as, as you continue to read, you, you start to see this sort of vulnerability emerge in Onassis where he just was, by the time he died, he wasn't the same man. And I, and I, and I also wanted to write about his friendship with Hugh Offenclaus, which I thought was so interesting because Janet did not approve of Onassis, but Hugh Auchincloss, who was also a businessman, really sort of hit it off with Onassis. And and as you read in the book, the two of them kind of had this like, you know, bromance, so to speak, (laughs) right? Um, But to answer your question about the pictures, what we found out with the new research for this book was that it wasn't Onassis who, who financed those photographs. It was his son. You know, who, uh, Ari's son um, had no love for Jackie, obviously. And he paid a photographer to take these photographs of Jackie on in the nude on Scorpios. Hmm. And then those pictures ended up, you know, being uh, purchased by uh, um, magazines, you know, Hustler, Playpen, and all kinds of magazines. And it, basically, he did it to embarrass his stepmother and also to embarrass his father. And when Onassis's sister, Artemis, found out that, you know, it had been Onassis's son who did this, you know, everybody was very devastated by this betrayal, including Jackie. You were lucky enough to interview uh, Jack Warnicky. Um, yeah. And before, and um, <laughs> excuse me, but to give some backstory to this question or to talk about him, he was the person who designed JFK's grave in Arlington uh, National Cemetery. But uh, Jackie fell in love with him and became, and they had a, they had a decades long, I don't want to say decades long, but a long relationship. Well, you know, the- I'm I'm fascinated by it. I did interview John John Warnicky a couple of times uh, over the years. Uh, and what fascinates me most is that you think that a person like Jacqueline Onassis or Jacqueline Kennedy at that point would never be able to have secrets, right? How did she have the three-year romance with this guy and nobody knew about it until my book? Yeah. You know, I mean, how is that possible? You know, that the most publicized, photographed 
famous woman in the world was able to have a three-year romance, a serious relationship with somebody after JFK and before Onassis and was able to keep it from prying eyes. I just think that's so interesting. It really says a lot about a celebrity's ability to have a private life, you know? And, and, and I, 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 I talked to John about this and, you know, and he said, you know, they were able to just keep it under wraps by being discreet. And, and they even went to Hawaii together, you know? And I mean, they, it's not like they weren't seen together, but people just didn't know the extent that of, of their relationship and that, uh, John really wanted to marry Jackie and took her to Hawaii with the intention of asking her to marry him. Um, and that didn't happen. And and it's because Onassis was sort of waiting in the wings. And John, who, who people who know him call him Jack, um, picked a very inopportune time to tell Jackie that he was a million dollars in debt. And he felt like he needed to level with her if they were going to have a relationship and get married, that he had these financial concerns, much of much of which had occurred because he was whining and dining her for the last three years and taking her on trips <laughs> and giving her the lifestyle that she had become become accustomed to. And when he told her that he didn't have the money that she thought he had, you know, she decided to end it and go with Onassis, who did have the money. And Jack told me that if he knew Onassis was like waiting in the wings, he would never have told Jackie <laughs> <laughs> that he has the money issues, you know. Messed but up that remained, one time. I know. <laughs> yeah, they remained friends, though, very, very good friends throughout her entire life. And, you know, many of their final conversations in Jackie's final years are in the book. And he was a good friend to her and a, he was a wonderful guy and uh, he's very missed by his friends and family. Did he, did he insist that you wait 10 years after he died before, before making yeah. any of this public? Yes. You know, um, I did make some of it public, uh, in a, in a, in my previous book, Jackie, Janet and Lee, but I didn't, I didn't go to the extent that I went, and with this book, I did want to wait. He died in, in 2010, I believe. Um, what I do, uh, Jim, is that um, I I allow people who I interview to see transcripts of, of their interviews before we, I go to press with them. A lot of writers would never do this, um, but I do. I feel like these people have a right to their private and, and precious memories, and that if they're going to trust me with them, they should see them in print first. And when I do this, of course, 99.99% of the time, they have a problem with what they said. <laughs> people just people just do. It, it's one thing to say it. It's another thing to see it in print, you know, on a type page. And when I sent the transcript to John, he was like, no, 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 no. You know, <laughs> but you can't use any of this, you know, about him burning Jackie's uh, letters and, with her privately, you know, a, a lot of the stories that are in this book, he wanted, he, he said, look, just, it wasn't a formal agreement. It wasn't like I had a contract with John. He just said, you got to wait till I'm gone. 
I, and I said, well, how much time do you want to pass? He said, I don't know, 10 years, right? Like it was, it was like, it wasn't like we had like an, a, a contractual agreement. It was more like a friend to friend buddy conversation, you know, dude, just wait until I'm not, not on the planet anymore before you get into any of this in, in a book. And that's, so that's what I did. One other thing struck me about your book is that, you know, a lot has been made over the years about Marilyn Monroe and JFK. Um, but, you know, like she called Marilyn Monroe, called the White House once and Jackie answered. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, but there was another woman who Kennedy was having an affair with, uh, Mary Myers, I believe her name was in the book. Yes. And, and this person was much closer to JFK than Marilyn Monroe ever was. Yes. Well, Marilyn Monroe and JFK was basically one weekend right. at Bing Crosby's house. That was the end of that. You know, I mean, it's it's been built and over the years. And, and I've, I've written about Marilyn and the secret life of Marilyn Monroe. I wrote a book about Marilyn, which we did as a miniseries um, with Susan Sarandon playing Marilyn's mother uh, and uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan playing uh, Joe DiMaggio. So I have a lot of Marilyn history. Uh, at you know my fingertips, and I can tell you that it was just a weekend. But Marilyn suggested to people that it was much more, and and then the people that she suggested that to went on record as saying it was much more. So it's not as if they were lying. They that's what Marilyn told them, right? <laughs> but it wasn't true. Anyway, Mary Meyer was a, a long relationship, and. Um, and she was even at the White House the night of the, uh, you know, the Cuban Missile Crisis when JFK gave his address to the nation and, and that suggested that we were on the brink of, of nuclear annihilation. And Jackie and her mom, Janet, and Lee were at the White House. And when they went down to dinner that night, who's sitting at the table but Mary Meyer? <laughs> and... <laughs> And, you know, I mean, it, that takes a lot of nerve, you know, I mean, <laughs> I, I went only Cassini was also at that dinner. When he told me this the designer, when he told me Mary Meyer was there. Are you sh-? I was like, are you sure? He said, believe me, she was sitting right there and with Ethel Kennedy, Bobby Kennedy, <laughs> Janet Auchincloss, Lee Radzewell, Jackie, first lady, and. Uh, and JFK at the head of the table and sitting right there is Mary Meyer. Right. So, you know, this, uh, he, he wasn't exactly discreet. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I would say not. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds, I want to use the term ballsy on JFK's uh, behavior there. My yeah, goodness. there's definitely something ballsy and also something so unkind about it, you know, um, you know, but uh, look, what can, what can you say? You know, Janet and Jackie knew what they were getting into when they decided JFK should be Jackie's husband. And when I say they, because it was a joint decision. Mm -hmm. And Jackie didn't go into the marriage naively thinking that JFK was going to be faithful to her. And, and then she was gravely disappointed. That's not the case at all. They knew what they were getting themselves into. They knew what his reputation was. And they decided to take a chance. And I have to also say that Janet... According to her son, Jamie Auchincloss, one of my main sources for this book, Janet beat herself up over that for years. She 
very much regretted campaigning so hard for Jackie to marry JFK, even though she did grow to love JFK as a son-in-law and as a president. As a husband, he left a lot to be desired. And Janet always knew that she could have saved her daughter all of that heartbreak by simply refusing to allow it to happen. And believe me, if Janet didn't want it to happen, it would not have happened. You know, so so she, as a mom, she beat herself up for that, for her entire life, Jamie told me. Wow. Well, the author's name is J. Randy Terraborelli, and the book is Jackie, Public, Private, Secret. You can get it on Amazon.com. You can also get it uh, wherever books are sold, um, Barnes & Noble, or um, I guess what, what BAM.com, um, whatever they call them, their website. Randy, I appreciate you being on Lights, Camera, Author today. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's always great talking to you.